Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. He was an Englishman occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, mountaineer, and a Satanist. He referred to himself as the Beast 666. Tonight, we talk about the man and the monster known as Aleister Crowley. Now Paratruth presents TSR Aleister Crowley. What's going on, Parafans? So this week, we decided to uh, share with you a guest appearance we did on Talk Supernatural, talking about the one and only Aleister Crowley. Without further ado, here's our show with Talk Supernatural. Welcome, welcome, you guys. Yeah, hello. What's going on? Thanks for helping us out tonight. No problem. So, how are you guys doing this week? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. Uh, got a pretty good high from recording the show with uh, John B. Wells, so uh, this should be a very interesting show for you. Oh, <laughs> cool. I love it. <laughs> so I thank you guys so much for taking time out because I know you got your own show and Justin's planning a wedding yeah. and Eric's a little busy making a movie. So, just a little. Uh, just a little. Uh, you know, it's just a little thing. I but. know how that movie thing grow, bro. I mean, yeah. I get busy myself. Hollywood, back and forth, New York, Florida. I'm all over the country, Europe. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. <laughs> With your personality, you you would be able to do it. I guarantee it, Scott. Yeah. I think we're sort of limited to comedy sports right now. <laughs> so do you guys want to, before we start, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about Paratruth Radio? Absolutely. Justin, take it away. Paratruth Radio, uh, it's been going for a little over a year now. We started this show after... What was that, about a year and a half hiatus for us? Yep, just about. And uh, it was kind of a combination of two shows, Parasite Radio, which was my show, and uh, Forgotten Truth Radio, which was Eric's show. Uh, we started out with Night Soccer's Paranormal Radio way back when on Blog Talk Radio, went to Parax, split, and he started Forgotten Truth, I started Parasite, and uh, we're on two separate networks. And after a while, Eric decided to leave Parax for personal reasons. I left the one network I was on and started doing Parasite by myself for a little bit. Uh, but doing that gets a little expensive, so I stopped doing it as well. Not to mention my listener base was two listeners, which was my family. So... Uh, <laughs> Paratruth Radio was born, and uh, it's been a heck of a ride so far. 
Well, the truth is, the only reason he quit Parasite Radio is because I wasn't around anymore. And he was just very depressed and lonely, and he knew he couldn't go on anymore without me. So, Aww. Well, all I got from you was yeah. Eric's random fact of the day, man. <laughs> I know, it was a teaser. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll see just, Justin's more of the Parasite. Right. Yeah. I, I, like, I like to suck off of people. Oh. Yeah. So be careful. <laughs> careful. Careful. <laughs> well, I think you guys got an awesome show. So that's how that's actually how we met because I really liked your show and I commented and took it from I there. That's how we met when I gave them uh, the autograph when they were playing around. <laughs> the you mean when we gave you the autograph, Scott? No, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so much for the true side of their station. <laughs> Uh, well, tonight I thought, then you know, since it's October and people like to be scared, October, we got to talk about October, creepy things. October. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. It's just I don't know. It's like. It's like Wait, what did you do that for? Because you sound like you have an asthma attack. I have an asthma attack. What are you doing? You'll get over here. It's like a tick with him, isn't it? He just has to do it. It does. I it's do. like it's, it, I got to. It, it, it flows, man. <laughs> you know, I think if we take all the little things that Scott says, we can make a little, like, mix CD and make music out of it, and it would be awesome. That would be so funny to do for Christmas. <laughs> little Christmas gift. I got Scott Scott's CD. greatest hits. <laughs> I hate to see that people would buy it, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, and we're having so much fun, and then here we're going to start talking about Aleister Crawley. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. All right. And I want to tell our listeners that towards the end of the show, too, a little bit about your, your show, Eric, your movie, because then, you know, maybe people might want to donate to that rock and flick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um, so as far as tonight, um, Alistair Crawley. Oh, God. Um, the true evil in the flesh. What's darker than that during Halloween, I guess, right? Absolutely. He yeah. is the epitome of evil. You know, I myself just like to call him Al. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he probably hate that. <laughs> well, for anyone who by chance is unfamiliar with him, Alistair Crowley is the notorious and renowned occultist from Britain. He's often referred to as the wickedest man in the world. To this day, he still has followers, which is creepy. Because, like, I don't know, either people are that dark that they agree with what he stood for, or they're just that stupid to follow evil, I guess. Right. No, basically, either way, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> I guess. Now, wait, you, was it you, Eric, that mentioned that you had a, like, an interest in his work just because of he was so, just so weird? Uh, in, in a way, yes. Uh, some of the stuff was just very interesting. Back before I was saved, uh, I used to study it quite a bit, and one book in particular, which he did a forward on, was The Lesser Key of Solomon, which is supposedly the, uh, I think it's 72 demons that Solomon had conjured up. And it not only tells you of the names of these demons and what they're associated with, but it gives you the magical incantations to actually do the ritual yourself uh, and how to protect yourself and so on and so forth. Oh, uh, sounds like a good time. Yeah, sounds, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, right? sounds fun. Yeah, so if you ever need any help with anything, you just conjure up some nice little evil spirit and, you know, have them like, watch your car or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you do what you got to do, bro. <laughs> Well, a little synopsis about him. He's nearly a historical figure. I mean, that's how I see it, because he seems to inspire the counterculture movement in the 60s. I mean, he's just nutcase. But he's well-known in the paranormal and the New Age circuits for molding a cult-like religion from his bizarre spiritual beliefs and his dark practices. Ugh, he's so creepy. Ew. Ew. Um, 
But basically, he took to what I see it as he took old school ritualistic beliefs and formed them with what I would believe is dark principalities into a contemporary form. I mean, I think spirits were leading him. That's how I view it, at least. What do you guys, what's your take on him, you guys? Oh, well, other than his real name, which I thought was kind of funny, Edward Alexander Crowley. And (laughs) if you went up to him, you know, in hell and was like, hi, Eddie, you never know what would happen. (laughs) um, (laughs) Something I've thought about often. (laughs) Eddie. (laughs) He, uh, I mean, it strikes me as he was a a very fundamental character for not just these, these evil things that he did, but he was very profound person as far as what he did. Like he was a mountaineer. He was a poet, not necessarily the best poet. I hear his stuff was rather (laughs) comical and lewd, but, um, he, I mean, if you look at the guy, I mean, you, you just see a really creepy character and then to hear the name and associate the two. And if you don't know what he did, I do recommend you guys just researching the name because you don't want to get into stuff that he was doing because he does have several books out there as well as people that were associated with him, which oddly enough, I found fascinating that Scientology was, was one of the things that was inspired by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I know that, Oh God, I always forget. What's the guy's name who started the Scientology? What's his name? Um, John Travolta. <laughs> oh my God, Tom Cruise! <laughs> exactly. Um, so him Ron. and John Travolta used to hang out, yeah. and uh, isn't it Hubbard? Something uh, Hubbard? L. Ron Hubbard, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was saying that he he knew Aleister Crowley, and Aleister Crowley was saying no, he never knew him, and they had this little tiff going on or something, and then it, then they got to know each other after that happened. Which, but then I, it sounded like to me like Hubbard was following his works and was sort of like into his stuff. Want to be Al's friend? <laughs> you mean Edward? Ed, Eddie's, Eddie's friend, yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's friend. Like cousin Eddie from from um, vacation, crazy cousin Eddie. Oh yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> a tomato paste, huh, Eddie? <laughs> I love that. Oh, I just well, I you know. I've been studying Aleister Crowley because way back when I was involved with the occult, I didn't even want to mess with his works, you know? So that's, that's a, I think, a deeper level of dark. Yeah. Just because he was nuts. Well, he, he he went out of his way to seek, pursue, and find evil. Yeah. At every level possible and mastered it. Well, what do, you, do you think he was just evil or do you think he was crazy or maybe demonically influenced or... Oh, maybe he said some bad soup or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe all three. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look at pictures when he was younger, I mean, he could at least play it off that he was maybe like this this deep, introspective kind of person, which he was. And he just hid his stuff only for a short time. And then it progressed into like being like this crazy, I'm going to go bald, look, psycho kind of guy. Yeah, all dude. <laughs> <laughs> His name's still well known, and among anyone in the occult thing, they're going to either love him or they're going to hate him. But you don't find too many people. You could love to hate him. You could. You could. (laughs) Good. Uh, You know, his last name was Crowley, but he wanted to be called Crowley, so it sounded like holy. 
Oh, what's up with that? So you just call him. You guys calling him Eddie and Al? Probably just ticking him off right now. He's been <laughs> over his grave, but since he's cremated, that would. Well, be- yeah, that'd be a little bit of an issue. <laughs> that'd be a little messy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, people tend to forget that he was born in 1875. Like, a lot of people, I mean, even when you got younger people involved with the occult, they think he's, like, active. Like, he's alive. Right. <laughs> you know, he's from the 80s or something. It's like, no, 1875. Only good things from, came from the 80s. I, you know that. I, do. <laughs> I, that, I, I came from the 80s. See? 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 Proof right there. See? Terry proof right there. Okay. <laughs> I know Eric got kind of quiet. Ah, uh, yeah. I can't lie about that one. <laughs> well, I was born in the 70s, but I lived in the 80s, baby. I was born in the 60s, baby, and I'm still living and rocking it. <laughs> For people who don't know what you look like, they're probably envisioning this, like, do rag on you and you're on this bike. Yeah. yeah. Well, I probably wouldn't have the bike in the house, Heidi. Well, not right now, but in general. <laughs> and by bike, we mean the bicycle. Because he never could afford a real bike, probably. I mean. Well, for Eric, it's probably the tricycle. <laughs> oh. oh. Hey. Hey. That's hey. not. I like the big, w- the big wheel, good sir. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved the big wheel. Yeah, I had one and the handle broke. And I still drove it around. And then the other handle broke. And I still rode it around. I had to hold onto the hub in the middle. You never told me that story. I feel like I don't even know you. I know. Oh. (laughs) Eric will give me his when he's done. (laughs) He'll break it again. Yeah. Anyways, gosh. Nothing like getting off subject. (laughs) Good going, Eric. Rabbit trailing, as we like to call it. (laughs) Eric's like, it's not my fault. Ask Justin whose fault is it. It's Eric's. Oh know. God! You know, oh. I'm a, I, I give up. I quit. I'll see you guys next week. And I'm not even going to take sides because I, as I recall, I was being called a demon last time. I didn't even do anything. That That's was not from me. That was all Justin. Oh great! Yeah. All right, but let's go back to Al. Al. So Al, Eddie Al, Al, Al Ed, Ed. So you know another Edel. thing that's interesting. Edel, mix it Edel. Are you gonna I, just go? Just do your thing. I can't do my thing when you're like and you're. I don't know what you're... In a deeper thought? Sorry. Oh, calling him Edel is not a deep thought. It's... Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he was raised by more or less Christian parents, but he was torturing and killing animals at 12, and when he was 23, he joined the Order of the Golden Dawn, which is a group that's focused on spiritual growth through occult practices and magic, and <laughs> but... And then in the 1900s, he socialized with a lot of the British elite, which you don't say. You don't say. Hmm. But that's where you sort of get into the whole, you know, um, aristocrats and royalty and stuff. You know, the Illuminati. Those aristocrats were like them little cats or whatever. Not that's a kids' cartoon, oh. Scott. Oh. We're big kids now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. What do you guys? Do you guys know about the whole like Aleister Crowley Illuminati thing? Um, I don't know about I, the Illuminati, but I do know that he was linked to the Nazis and the first German regime and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Probably a good chance that, that it was bad he was linked to it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was bad, I'm sure he was linked to it in that time. So even he, even I, I know some of this research I did on this whole thing, too, I, there was a couple of things that I was like, what? Really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, this guy is <laughs> worse than I thought. Well, he sought out evil, and he was, he, he like, it's like he put it on like a robe, 
and was proud of it. And so people almost were attracted to it. They sought him out. He almost didn't have to seek out people. They well, see, sought him people out. seek power. Yeah. And if they, if, they, if they have to do all these good, wonderful things to seek God's power, they figure that's too much work. But when they can do the crappy things and it's easy for them, they'll, they'll take power the other way. You know, Ugh. it's called crappy power. <laughs> crap power. <laughs> Alistair Crap Power. Um, in his book, Confessions, he says that he was initiated into Freemasonry um, at the Anglo-Saxon Lodge in Paris. And the Freemasons tie into the whole Illuminati. He claimed that he was the master at the Studholm Lodge, which is like the most highly honored Freemasonry place in the world. Um, now, Tony Blair is rumored to be a member of that, which... There's, God, there's the people involved in this. And I so mean, you guys know as well as I do through research, when you start researching Illuminati, Freemasonry, and some of the people, all these different things, names pop up that just shock you. You're like, what? How'd this guy get in here? I didn't know that. I mean, right. it's amazing how deep embedded this whole thing is and how naive we all are to what's really going on around us. Yeah. Yeah, Except like, for me, of course, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no duh there, I mean. <laughs> well, with the whole free, see, I'm not really huge into conspiracy and all that stuff, but there's I some, am. I know you are. <laughs> but there's just some neat, interesting things, but, you know, we can get into the whole Illuminati thing a little yeah. bit, but now his book, because he wrote a lot, he had a lot of writings, you know. Right. Um, in his book, Magic, he says that the devil is the serpent, Satan. He is life and love. He is light. And his zodiac image is Capricornus, the leading goat, the head, the Godhead. I'm thinking, what is that? <laughs> you know, and, and you guys being believers, too, you're like. Well, we all know goats lead the world. <laughs> well, not, not only that, I mean, he was originally an angel of light. How does he have a zodiac sign? I don't know. Well, because, yeah. you know, you realize that he's the lead lead goat, and lead goats are always mad. <laughs> that is so terrible. Oh, my God. That's probably the worst one yet. <laughs> See, I thought that was great. <laughs> I don't know if I can continue. I need a minute. Oh, my God. That are. terrible. I mean, it was right there, leading goat head, the godhead, because they're mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so simple. I think we're gonna we're probably gonna be stalked by by crawlites, like the little people. Crawlites? Yeah, that's what they call them. The little the little crawly people. They call them the crawlites. Oh look out! There comes a crawlite now. <laughs> Get the red can. Anybody who hears this episode, they're gonna be like praying against us and doing their little ceremonial rituals. Oh gosh! Oh man! Oh goodness! It's, well, Eric's I, been through that before. Uh, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you? You've had people pray against you and shows and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, actually, it was it was the show that I did about Aleister Crowley. No, uh, yeah, and I was at, I was doing just this talking about Aleister, and basically I was talking about how he's a Satanist and practiced a lot of black magic and so on and so forth. And so some of the pagans that I spoke to at the time, they were, you know, getting a little argumentative with me and they're like well he's he's not evil he never did black magic he was a good guy he's not a satanist so on and so forth blah 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 i'm like okay look i'm not here to say necessarily he was or isn't i'm just giving you the facts you know this is what i found to be true um and so the one guy got a little upset and he's like you want black magic i'll show you black magic and of course some of the other pagans had to step in like no 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 don't do that don't do that that's not 
cool, you're giving us a bad rap, and so on and so forth. And I was just like, well, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, luckily, yeah, luckily our God says that any uh, any curse that is directed towards us will be reversed on them. You know, yeah. so it's like, you know, you're protected. It, it has no effect on me whatsoever. But some people, they just believe Alistair to be this uh, hero. And, and actually, in a lot of the research that I've done over the years, uh, and in particular, the last few weeks leading up to this show, a lot of the information tells us that or, or speaks of him as being a hero. Yeah. He's someone to look up to, someone that we should consider as, you know, one of the higher ups when it comes to just the men in society that we should look up to. And it's just like. I don't know why or how or where it comes from, but when you look at the information, it's pretty obvious that this guy was not a hero by any means. No, definitely not. But, but Eric, you could look up to him. You what? have to throw the ashes in the air, though. <laughs> oh. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. I'm going to have nightmares. There's going to be a dead goat on my lawn. I can see it now. That reminds me of a song. The whole thing is, you give Satan a bad name. He already has a bad name. I mean, he himself recognized he was evil, admitted he was evil. The things he practiced and wrote about that he actually did with uh, some of the things he performed, he's... Why would anybody defend the fact that he's evil when he's saying, I am evil, I am rotten and terrible? But he was saying more or less that it's, to you it's evil, but it really isn't. So it's it's almost like he's trying to warp right from wrong. Ah, You should always kill your neighbor and watch him drip dry. (laughs) You know, righteous (laughs) thing to do, dude. When you proclaim that you are the great beast 666, I, I, there's no denying what that means. I mean, right. Oh, and not to mention, he started a uh, magical sex occult and ended up giving himself the name Bethamet, which we know, you know, is an image uh, used by the Satanic Temple. So it's, and it's right there that obviously he was a Satanist. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would want to defend fact, like you said. And it's just so weird. It's such a mishmash in the New Age and spiritual realm and occult and and everything because you've got sort of like Christianity. You know, there's supposed to be one one Christian belief, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then you've got thousands upon thousands of sects of Christianity. And it's the same thing with New Age stuff now in the occult. It's like you've got all these people who believed in Aleister Crowley's work and they follow it. But then you've got people who deny that God existed whereas in the devil, whereas Aleister Crowley was like, no, he does exist. So it's like everything's pick and choose what you want to believe. Yeah, and you right. can go to different websites and you've got and then you've got, you know, you've got young kids who will believe this stuff well, they a read mixture it. of just anything and everything just like you said as, and and somehow it becomes true you know what you'll find generally demonically influenced or possessed people will quote scripture yeah and he did often because even the demons know that god is real james 2:19 says they believe and they tremble yeah those mm-hmm. demons believe so yeah, they know they believe they know god's real <laughs> well one thing too which i had talked to Kay about last week on on paratruth radio is anybody can twist a a biblical passage into something that they believe and then defend that by saying this passage says that what i'm doing is okay because if you read it it says that, that that what I'm doing is fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. Yeah. And I think a lot of, you know, Christians in general 
a lot of different, you know, sects of of religion, their fault is that they don't take the entirety of the passage or the entirety of the chapter or where the history of that chapter came from and what they're talking about. Oh, perfect um, example would be that one um, where most people say, oh, you got to do is resist the devil and he'll flee. No. Mm-hmm. The first step, it says to submit yourselves to God. Yeah. Then resist the devil and the devil must flee. See, they said the devil must flee. I believe in God. No, no, no. You have to submit. And you start looking up this word submit and find all the definitions of submit and what God wants from you. Then you'll have the power to be able to stand free and clear. And the devil is going to resist you because God's on you. Right. You wear baptism. You wear the Holy Ghost. It is you. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, in, like I said, Christianity is just parallel to the occult. People will pick and choose what they want, and, you know, they make it, and <laughs> I don't know. That's why it's all messed up, I think. You know? Totally messed up, dude. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and in regards to just what Alistair believed necessarily, you know, there's you can look online and find a number of quotes by him. Uh, one in particular that I actually found in a book of mine, and I have here online as well he wrote i was in the death struggle with it with self god and satan fought for my soul those three long hours god conquered now i have only one doubt left which of the two were god and it's like obviously if he was fighting for god and saying that god literally won he would be clear and to the point as to who god is yeah but here he you know obviously he's trying to make satan out as some kind of god in of itself uh and try to lead people down the path that Obviously, you and I know, and Justin knows, but it's not the right path. You know, it's a very dark and sinister path. And unfortunately, people are just twisted, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's, and it's funny, too, that you mentioned that because we had just talked to uh, John about the Bahamut mm-hmm. statue. And uh, there was a video that was put up on uh, Facebook about this whole... Un- unveiling of it and everything and all these different Satanists dr- coming around to see it happen and this one guy God love him because Satan probably loves him more for the dramatic thing that he was saying oh my 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 God Satan is coming and it was like a scene from a movie how dramatic he was being about this <laughs> and I could just see Aleister Crawley being just as dramatic about yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, I think so too. Well, they, they need to understand that their God, Satan's already here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it, it isn't anything um, that we worship. Anything we do worship is a God. Right. So who's to say he's wrong? Look at how our world has declined. Society has replaced God with everything and anything but, but God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,. So when you stand back from God, that leaves plenty of room for evil to come in. And Aleister Crowley will, you know, and it's just, you know, when you said he was dramatic, it made me think of, you know, he was so with the whole Freemasonry thing. He actually, he thought so highly of himself. And it's like he was like the Kim Kardashian of the occult. He was just so, (laughs) oh, me, me, me. And, you know, he did not like the lower class Freemasonry, you know, where you've got when we were doing a um, I think we were doing a lecture 
once on Freemasonry, and we got some information from somebody who was part of a temple, and it was secret that they gave me this information, and they sent it over to me on PowerPoint, and by coincidence... Our entire electricity just on our little block went out, oh, and this my computer weird. crashed. Wow! And it, this was yeah. And it was sort of funny because I was telling a friend of mine on the phone that afternoon, and I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm doing this and this and this." On and he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Do you, do you see a van, an unmarked van, in front of your house?" And he laughed. He was making a joke, but you, <laughs> there was an unmarked van in front of my house <laughs> for like I don't know, like six, seven hours, and I was just assuming it was cable. I didn't know. And, <laughs> You know, and so you've got you've got a lot of Freemasonaries who have no clue that the end result as they stay in this is evil. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're trying to do good works and it's all political to them. And that's what Alistair Crowley hated was that they were being used as this political tool and he called them too refined and too polite. So he he actually hated the Masons. He was all about the top notch dogs, you know. Yeah. So that was that was his thing, but it was just a stepping stone for him. He just wanted to get his hands in every aspect, I think, of of evil possible. And then, you know, and then you know the whole thing, like you guys mentioned about him changing his name so that mm-hmm. it would try and match six 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 six. That's sex. <laughs> well, sex is in intertwined with Alistair as well. Because that's he, true. So it fits. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys know the verse in uh, Revelation thirteen that says. Here's wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score and six. <laughs> so Al, Al. <laughs> Crowley was able to derive the value of 666 from his own name in English, Greek, Hebrew, and Kabbalah. I don't think he got that intelligence on his own either. I think he was demonically led. Just, you know, he was fed a little bit. You know, he was a good tool for... for, Do you guys believe that that he was demonically influenced, or do you believe he was just an evil guy? Um, I think, I mean, I think regardless if someone's going to be evil in any way, it's going to be demonically influenced. Uh, I mean, I know that man in general is fallen, but when you're doing stuff like Alistair Crowley has done... Yeah. There's obviously something or someone leading them to do just that, you know. So, yeah, I think based on some of this 666 stuff and everything, I think he was led by by demons or by Satan himself even. Who knows? Yeah, I agree. Like, if you're starting to do evil things, something's going to come up to bring you further down. So. Yes. Yeah. You know, I thought it was funny, the whole, you know, because it ties into Scientology a little bit in 1904 when he said he had communication with a spirit or an extraterrestrial, that Egyptian god, Iwas or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it brought forth that whole book of the law with do without wealth. Iwas. On home. I don't think it was sweet little E.T. at all. But And then he said this is where he believes when God or Jesus stepped off the throne and the new God would take his place. So I'm thinking, where, you know, and then people just follow this. It's like that game telephone where yeah. you, you have a sentence and then it goes around and around and by the end it's all distorted and everybody thinks it's funny. And that's what this is like. He takes half-truths and he mixes it up. And well, Satan did that from the start, takes partial truths and mixes it with lies because that's what gets people to believe. Yeah, yeah. You know. And then he taught 
that to live forever, you needed to prey on little children, you know, exhaust the life out of them sexually. Yes, take all the life out of children. And then in his uh, book, Magic and Theory and Practices, on page 94, it says that the highest spiritual work, the greatest and purest force, most satisfactory and suitable is the innocence of a young male. And so that's where the whole, you know, attacking and praying little boys and and doing all that stuff. He even bragged about killing 150 male children in one year. And somehow yeah. he got away with it. And, it. and then you'll find so many famous people, like, you know, followed him or whatever. But and, and then you'll find a lot of people, like you guys are talking about, where they stick up for him and they're like, no, he wasn't. It's like, he said he was. He said it. Right. Right. <laughs> he admits to killing a hundred and some little boys and children, but he's not evil. He's, yeah. he's right. just no. weird. Yeah. He just, <laughs> just needed some energy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, give the guy a bowl of sugar, save the lives. <laughs> well, he, and then he believed he was a reincarnation of that magician. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's like, um, um, Eliphas Levi or something. He died the year that Aleister Crowley was born. And this Eli guy was totally heavy into ceremonial magic and the powers of Satan and stuff. And then so Aleister Crowley says that he was reincarnated from this guy and I'm thinking, well, maybe the same demon hopped on over. I don't I know. know. Could be. Yeah. You know. The blue Jean demon. <laughs> <laughs> Levi. Oh. Levi. I'm like, what are you talking like, about? All you got to do is read. <laughs> Blue jeans. Yeah, we'll get to that, though. Um, suit yourself, then. Suit yourself, then. Um, so, you know, another thing I noticed was that he came from a Christian family. And that's, mm-hmm. now we see that. And that's real common. I mean, yeah. you find a lot of these people, I know Marilyn Manson, and, and there's a lot of strange people that come from this Christian faith and then they well, that's the ones that the devil likes to attack though. yeah you know, he likes to he, it, it's not much gain to try to get somebody who's already on your side what's the point of that you always reach to the other side you know that's how battles are won you always yeah. want to get something from the other side and so Satan's always digging for the other side take something from the other side to your side that's victory it's not victory to take one of your own players. It's like, well, I already used you. That's true. So to take somebody from a Christian family or a good background or something like that, it's like, ah, look what we did. Look what I did. So Yeah, and because right. he prayed at his, his evil and his pride in a way, people were attracted to it. And then the other thing is his connection to the Masons. Um, okay, so... They were all bricklayers. <laughs> you know, okay, so, you know, the whole Mason thing, it's already widespread in politics, and that's just a common thing now. Everybody knows that. It used to be conspiracy, but it's pretty it's, common it's, now. It's most people have They're heard okay of it. Illuminati and Masons. I mean, they may not know any details, but, but they've heard of it. And here's, I don't know if you guys know this, but I find this interesting because there's this book on his life and a couple of them. But it's fascinating. <laughs> so, okay, he... Um, the Bushes were President Bush and his kid, you know, that whole Bush clan. Yeah. They're supposed to be Masons and Illuminati, Skull and Bones and all that. But here's what's interesting is, okay, Barbara Bush was Barbara Pierce, and she was possibly the daughter of Pauline Pierce and Aleister Crowley. Did you guys know that? Hmm. I did not. I, no, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. So Blow your mind. R.I.P. We calm down. <laughs> So the story goes is um, when Aleister Crowley was here in the States and he was 
transforming into this whole occult thing and he went underwent this ceremonial thing where he took in every drug and every sexual lust um thing going on in a matter of like 48 hours and that's all he did so this happened over good to have goals (laughs) (laughs) it happened within a 48 hour period or something like that and but within this month he was friends with a couple of i guess politicians or whatever and this, so he was friends with this one guy, and then this, his wife, and his wife had a friend who was Barbara Pierce, or Pauline Pierce, sorry, and she left her husband, and I don't know if it was like she left him, left him, or if she just was going on vacation to see her friend. Hell. And, and she was with Aleister Crawley, and her friend, and her friend's husband for this time of his transformation, and they all stayed in the same area, like, I don't know if it was a mansion or house or what they lived in, but so she was with him for like about a month and a half, and then she went back to her husband, and eight months later, she has Barbara Pierce, who we know now as Barbara Bush. So I just find the timing real coincidental, mm-hmm. and that's sort of a, a rumor that, dun, dun, dun. And if you, you know, everybody's like taking Barbara Bush's picture next to Alistair Crowley, and they're like, okay, you know, is she like, you know, great-granddaughter, daughter, Maybe. whatever, you never know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a 100% type thing, but it's uh, there's some coincidence, coincidence, right. evidence, and then these people become world leaders. You never know. Yeah. And if I get in a serious car accident within the next month, we all know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you now, know, how about th- we talk about being one of Al's women? <laughs> this is not real beneficial. His first that- life... She died in a mental asylum. His second went insane. Five mistresses committed suicide. Well, I would too if I would that guy. <laughs> and most of his known mistresses ended up homeless, alcoholics, drug addicts, or in mental institutions. So, being one of Al's chicks, <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> well, considering what he would do to them, uh, right. a According to a book that was written by Rosemary Ellen uh, Gooley and uh, had a forward by John Zaffis, who is a very uh, well-respected demonologist in the paranormal community. In this book, the Encyclopedia of Demons and Demonology, there's a five-page spread on Aleister Crowley. And Rosemary goes on to mention how he he had actually filed down his teeth at one point and would mark all of his women by biting their leg and leaving scars on them so that they would always know that they belong to him. Uh, And so some... No. (laughs) No. Run, Heidi, run. (laughs) I'm cutting the mic. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's just what we know. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, gosh. I think, yeah, and I remember I did hear that. That's nuts. And then he had, you know, he had a huge influence on music, too. Like, I was shocked with the whole, when it first came about, and now it's just well known, but the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club's band album, where he's on that. And I'm thinking... Why would they, you know, all oh, the sweet Beatles, oh. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Beatles were all kinds of junk. Well, John Lennon had an interview with Playboy magazine, and he said, he's like, oh, they asked him about it. And he's like, well, you know, the whole Beatle idea was just to do what you want, right? Take your own responsibility. And he was paraphrasing, do without wealth. And then Ringo Starr was talking about Aleister Crowley, and he says, well, we put him on the album because it's people we like and we admire. And then, like you guys were saying, Paul McCartney said that these are our heroes. 
And then if you look on, there's a famous picture of all four of them. It's not on an album. It's just a famous picture. And like John Lennon's doing that, the devil goat sign thing with his hand or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And Paul McCartney looks like he's doing the okay sign. But Paul McCartney said he wasn't doing the okay sign. He said, no, that was the Aleister Crowley thing where it's the number six and then the three fingers up were stabbed for three. Six, six, ah. six. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's just all these little hidden things. It's, and that's why it's the occult. It's secret mm-hmm. and it's hidden and you got to dig to. And I'm sure you guys do your research on all your stuff, too. So, you know what? When you start researching stuff, you just learn so much, as long as it's valid, obviously. It gets deeper, my friends. Much, much deeper. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't then, get any deeper than you, Scott. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then there's Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. He was a devout Satanist. He bought Aleister Crowley's house. Um, one of his houses. It was on. It was on the Loch Ness thing. You know yeah. the whole Loch Ness monster thing. Yeah, it, it, it's like you know. I've seen the Loch Ness monster. You did? Yeah. On TV. No, like Michigan. No, you did not. Yeah, I've seen it. You did not see it on Lake Michigan. You, you weren't with me. <laughs> Because there's no, like, Loch Ness Monster. Oh, and you were there. You've seen it. <laughs> Anyways. You know nothing. <laughs> so this house that Al- that uh, Jimmy Page bought that used to be Aleister Crowley's house, Aleister Crowley bought it because he was so impressed with the land because it was once a church that burned with the congregation inside. And Aleister was like, hey. That sounds great. Them <laughs> mm-hmm. are real human ashes. I want a building there. Wow. <laughs> really? Ugh. And then Stairway to Heaven had the lyrics um, May Queen in it. And that's a poem by Aleister Crowley. Probably, like you said, not a good one because his work was so crazy. Like some of it was, I don't know, like Dr. Seuss on crack. And then the other stuff was so deep, I didn't get it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. He was nuts. Did you now, did you guys ever read any of his work or no? I wasn't going to even try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, don't bring this up to Eric. See, Eric's way too young. You don't even know who these people are. Oh, goodness. I kind of wish I didn't know who you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm married to him. It's too late for me. <laughs> so I figure if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so... Um, Robert Plant said that automatic writing led them to write many songs on the Led Zeppelin III album, including Stairway to Heaven, and then the whole tie into Aleister Crowley. I'm like, well, you know, that's all demonically, you know, they all sort of work together. And then it's inscribed on the vinyl of the album, Do What Thou Wilt. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just all these little Little things, things that, you know, we wouldn't know, um, like right. Ozzy Osbourne. Um Oh, Sharon! <laughs> Sharon! Give me my drugs! Is <laughs> a phenomenon of his time. That's what he called them? 
Yeah. So, Alistair Crowley was a phenomenon of his time. And he has a song with yeah. that says Mr. Crowley, too. Mr. Crowley. Yeah. Mr. Crowley. And, of course, you know... The doors. <laughs> yeah. Posed with a, a bust of <laughs> Alistair Crowley. <laughs> David Bowie says... And refers to, yo, AC, in quicksand, the man who sold the world. Yeah, so, like, you know, when you're singing the song, you don't know that You don't know lyrics and songs, and sometimes if we, we actually have a whole Bible study thing or or study we taught years ago, you go into the whole rock and roll and different people and some Well, the interviews with the people who write the songs are the ones that's interesting, not necessarily Yeah, right, the rightest, and some of these people that, Obviously, the ones that are doing the best in the music career or have done the best seem to be the deepest into this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, look at John Travolta and Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I was I was a little shocked and a little upset that Daryl Hall said he was fascinated with Aleister Crowley from Hall and Oates. <laughs> you know, Hall and Oates is is a group from the eighties, Eric. <laughs> I don't even know who Hall and Oates is, so. See, we're like, we're 40. Justin, I know you know, but I was a little concerned well, about Well, he was your... born in the 80s, so he wasn't like <laughs> Yeah, but he, would, he was old enough to still hear the Who's older stuff. from you two? Who's the older one? I am. Justin's yeah. older. I told you that. I said I Eric. <laughs> but, but you guys aren't that far apart in age, right? No. no. Yeah. Five years? Yeah. That's I was, a lot, I was, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was born okay. in 86. Just think about so. this. All right, now oh. think about this a minute. Oh, Lord. Justin, when you were born, or when you were five years old and Eric was born, you were five times older than him. <laughs> That's a lot, bro. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. If you were 100 and somebody was five times older than you, they'd be 500. Duh. <laughs> so think about it. I guess. But, yeah, you are deep, Scott. It's very deep. <laughs> learn. So deep, I need to get the boots on. <laughs> I, I have a permanent pair. <laughs> Maybe that's why I wear boots all the time. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so Daryl Hall, he says he's fascinated with them. He owns a signed copy of Crowley's The Book of Thoth or something. Hmm. He's got, I'll show he's got so many books. Could have books. <laughs> and then uh, Sting spent many hours studying Aleister Crowley's writings. Um, the police's ghost in the machine, when you turn their album upside down, the digits are 666. Yeah. Coincidence. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's just a little thing. Ugh. And then in 1930, Aleister Crowley worked with a friend to fake his own death. Did you guys hear about that one? Uh-uh. No, yeah. I didn't hear that one. He made a suicide note with these occult symbols, and he left it on this high rock, implying that he had jumped his own death. So his friend started seeing that he saw Aleister Crowley's ghost the next day, and newspapers were like, awesome, they started running with the story. But then weeks later, he shows up at his own exhibit, so, you know, it was fake. He just thought it was funny, and hey, let's just see what happens. (laughs) See, I could see him doing that, trying to imitate Jesus Christ's resurrection. Oh, good points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because, well, and the devil is a copycat himself. So, Bellister Crowley was trying to mimic or mock all that, too. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> really deep. I knew there was a reason we had to have you guys on. Yeah. I was going to say, you need a different perspective. Oh. Yeah, perspective. Well, definitely, because otherwise, Sky and I just could 
on and on, and we'd rabbit trail, and you know, what? <laughs> what's this rabbit trail thing? You know, little little poop turds. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you rabbit. Why trail. are you referring to me as poop turds? <laughs> not you. Sometimes our conversation. What conversation? Not me. You're the one talking about in the past about banana and chocolate and freezing and chocolate and banana. That wasn't this episode though. It was a few episodes ago. I remember I it. You guys remember trapped. that? Yes. It's like. Everybody's like, what? and it totally made sense. I think I touched Ooh. a lot of lives that day. <laughs> yeah, sugar addicts, maybe. <laughs> well, so okay, I have a question for you guys. What you think? Because me and Scott have talked about this a lot. So let's yeah. say you've got these people who buy these Aleister Crowley books and whatnot, and they start reading them and stuff, and they're into them. Do you think that alone, them reading these books? Not necessarily practicing anything, but obviously reading them every night and getting into it. Do you think that could conjure up some demonic spirits or that maybe the same spirits that were leading Aleister Crowley? That's mm. mm. interesting. Yeah, I always <laughs> wondered that, you know, because I mean, the only reason I ask is because I used to read a particular book by this famous psychic, and when I did, a lot of I guess I hate to use this term, psychic powers. I, all of a sudden, I knew all this stuff like that I didn't know the day before. Like I just was able to do all these things. So I'm just wondering if if the same thing would be in turn of of Aleister Crowley's work, or if you know when you open something up to to learn about it, and then not only does your interest grow, but spiritually is something going on. You know. <clears throat> Alright, like a few years back, I probably would have said for sure, I think that would definitely be the case, because when I started reading that, um, Lesser Key of Solomon, that's when a lot of my, uh, the attacks happened to me, uh, with, with the, uh, demonic oppression and affliction. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started reading that stuff that it all began. However, I think it, it could go one of two ways. One, I think you really have to have, like, it, it depends on your mental state. Like, exactly. why are you reading this book? You know, why are you reading this book exactly? Are you reading it to do research like us so we can better inform our listeners and our fans and really show them what is the truth and what isn't and why this book isn't a good book to be reading, you know, and just give some kind of information? Or are we reading it because we find some kind of weird interest in it? Like, we think that being able to raise demons to do your bidding is kind of cool. And that's why we decided to open the cover. And I think that if you have that particular mindset, then yeah, you're opening up all kinds of doors to let demons in. Because I think Satan knows us better than we know ourselves. And he could just see a little twinkle in our eye when we open a book. And he'll know like, ah, that right there, that's the door that I need. So we're going to take it. Uh, <clears throat> on the other hand, I think that there's always demons around us. They're always watching us. Yep. And if we are reading a particular book... They may try to influence our mind uh, one way or the other to maybe think about, you know, trying out some of these things that we're reading. You know, what we're reading this, so why don't you go ahead and maybe just say something to nobody right now? Just, are there any spirits in the room? You know, and they put that in your head to kind of get you just a little, little, little... I don't know, you know, a little door for you to open, just a crack so you can let them in. So... Well, Eric, you know, this is a momentous period of time we're about to have between you and I. Um, I agree with you 110%. That's exactly oh everything I would have said. 
is that it's a mindset and where you're at mentally is where is what's going to happen. And we always talk about the heart and the soul and all these things. It really, mm-hmm. we're, we're all talking about the mind. God is in the mind, the soul, the spirit. It's all, we're talking about the brain, the human mind, and where we're at is what's going to be used. So if we're exactly what you said, if you're looking to do something bad with it or trying to conjure up something, well, that's what's going to happen then. Right. You're going to bring, you want bad, bad can happen. If you ask for it, you want good, you do good things, good things will happen. That's just the way the world works. That's what the Bible mm-hmm. says. You know, if you do good, good's going to happen. What's the worry? That's what Cain and Abel were all about. What's the problem, you know? Right. Let's keep it real, brother. I'm feeling your blood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you, do you agree, Justin? I'm afraid to ask you to disagree. <laughs> well, I, I do agree, and I, I would take it one step further in saying that, say you're reading it for just historical purposes you just want to read it uh but if you have any type of fear about the things that are in that book mm. a a bad spirit or demon whatever you want to call it can attach to that as well and, and sure an open door to that an open door yeah. and if you're not protected and if you don't have any type of basis of truth in your life or anything of God or anything, well, then it's just like uh, like Eric had said. You just open something up. Now, here, oh, here's a way in. Let's take yeah. this. Wow. Yep. Oh, we're deep. The us three guys, we're deep. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could do like a group hug. This is, I'm learning so much. We can. It's just kind of electrically and <laughs> electrically weird. infused. Yeah. All we get these little, these little, when we talk, you know, when they talk, we get to see their little faces bright up on the screen. That's all we get. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you laugh, we get the, <laughs> it moves. <laughs> it it's, moves, it's fun. It is it's fun. It. Well, no, it's just, it's neat. It's, it's cool to be able to talk to you guys about this because we're all sort of on the same level, but, you know, we have different ideas. We and cover four decades, brother. We, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's cool. We do. Aw, I yes. love it. <laughs> See, we can talk about Alice Carly and we can laugh. Yeah, that's right, man. AC. If you can't oh, no, laugh about it, then what's the point? What is the point? Well, it's not that the topic's funny, but I mean, in some cases it is. I mean, some of the things this guy believed in and what right. the thing is, like, are you kidding yeah. me? Really? Right. Come on. You know? Yeah, but that's that's what the devil does, though. He puts ideas in your mind and, and leads you into wanting more, doing more, and you, you can just get... Because sometimes he came, Alistair Crowley came off as really intelligent, and he was um, charismatic, well, and then other times he was, like, crazy. But it didn't matter. People still liked this guy. I mean, I mean, we're all fairly intelligent. None of us are patting ourselves on the back here. But there are people that are a little more simple-minded, <laughs> and if they hear a little something that you know, excites them or sounds like a little truth or sounds like a little power, they're like, well, that, that must be the thing I want or the thing I need. And they go that way. There's, that's how a call from all these things are formed and people join these groups because they hear of somebody of what they feel is intelligence because they have nothing to compare to. Right. Yeah, but there's a difference between spiritual growth and, and desiring evil, I think. Well, so, some of them, when it's first introduced, though, for a lot of these people, it's not introduced as evil. No more than it was with Satan was 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 in the uh, garden with Eden. It's like can't you you can't eat or touch because he he don't want to be like God. So he tried to turn a whole thing around on God. Like oh God doesn't want you to have the knowledge. That's what's going on. So he didn't make it appear as evil, but that's what it turned out to be because they disobeyed God. I so see. it all just turned around, make it sound like you know you know flowers and butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's like 
But when you think of white, like white magic versus dark magic or black magic, you know, throughout history, we see, especially when you think about the uh, Salem witch trials, we think of black magic being used, and that's why this all really began. And I felt like, or I feel like Satan at some point throughout history decided, well, do these people get killed? when they work with black magic. So how about I change the word to black to white and we'll have them start doing good things. So that way they're still doing evil, yeah. which is masked and leading people exactly. down the path they shouldn't be going, you know. Exactly. And yet they still fall into my hands. It's Exactly. It's, a, it's just a degree of wrong. Right. You know, exactly what you wrong said. You know, well, what if we just call it this? We mix a little bit of wrong with a little bit of right. Name it a few different things. <clears throat> just like we've seen all the sin today. And I mean, you know, we're legalizing drugs and we're allowing this and we're allowing that. We're doing this. And what do we do? We rename it so it sounds okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, you know, they, they want to, you know, just call it instead of abortion, we'll just call them, you know, uh, a choice. Hmm. It's just renaming it. Yeah, it is what it is. You yeah. can rename it all you want, but sin is still sin. But with Aleister Crowley, he was just really flat out. Oh, he was this flat is the way out. It is, and people are okay with it. And and so much time has passed that a lot's been lost. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like this whole Trump phenomenon that's going on right now. It's not that Trump has all these great things going oh, on. Oh God, you, Donald no. Trump even made our podcast. He made it because oh. what he's doing is he's displaying a. A positive, like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it, right or wrong. He's just coming out boldly. And that's what Aleister Crowley did. He was very bold. So mm-hmm. he was so bold that people who are bold were like, whoa, this guy has really shown us, you know, what's going on. That's exactly what Trump is doing. He's like, this is how we're going to do it. And people are eating it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not saying, you know, Trump's right or wrong or whatever. It is a method and it works. Well, I, so. I definitely think that the whole Aleister Crowley thing worked because, like, where God even says that, you know, for the last generation, he chooses them for that particular generation. I believe that Satan probably chose Aleister Crowley because he came at that right time in the 60s, you know, just a, yeah. it when the 60s, when he started becoming real popular, right. you know, and he had been long dead. Dead, so. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then... <laughs> So when Aleister Crowley died, Whoa. you know, he worshipped the demon god Pan, which is the god of sexuality and lust. Yeah, surprise, surprise. So he had the hymn to Pan uh, read at his funeral. And he, the last words were, I rave and I rape and I rip and I rend. Everlasting world without end. And that's how he wanted to go out. And huh. I'm thinking... Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Such good, a positive influence. Good luck, buddy. Good luck with that, you know. <laughs> But the the book where we got a lot of our information was um, "Hungry from Heaven" by Steve Turner. It's a really good book about mm-hmm. his about his life. Um, did a lot of research on it, and I liked his research because he didn't just go. He actually researched the people in Aleister Crowley's life to get the information and made sure everything sort of matched. And sure, so it was pretty interesting. But I don't know. So that's it for Al talking <laughs> about Al. But um, bye bye, Eddie. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> oh gosh, that's one person I'm glad is gone. But uh hey, so with you guys, when are we on? We're gonna be on your show soon, right? You will be on our Halloween episode, which unfortunately airs the day after Halloween because Eric or not Eric, Justin wasn't thinking. But uh it, it, yeah, you guys will be joining us for our Halloween episode and 
our New Year's episode where we will have a roundtable for several hosts to come on. Hey, when are you going to have this New Year's start thing? (laughs) (laughs) It'll be before New Year's. But it'll air. Is that going to be this year? (laughs) No, no, it'll be next New Year's Eve. Whoa, dude. (laughs) That sounds cool. I'll just make sure he's there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, it's a, it's just an idea that I came up with because we always do a Christmas, Halloween, uh, New Year's episode, but it we can only say so much about the same thing over and over again. Why not do something fun with people that are of similar interest? You mean cool. <laughs> Basically. And then you'll have us say the same things over and over again. <laughs> Well, at least it's fresh. It's a fresh voice, at least. Right, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine all of us really around a real table, though, talking? And oh uh. my gosh, we have it would be like hours and hours. It, that would be so fun. Well, if you come right. to the wedding, it might happen. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think we will. Um, okay, so hey, why don't first Justin? Why don't you tell everybody um, how to get to Paratruth Radio, and then after Eric, I'd love for you to tell them a little bit about your uh, your project, and maybe uh, yeah. people could donate. Cha-ching. You did that thing again. Yeah. What is that noise? That's, that's uh, you know. We don't have any horses in here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> go ahead, Justin. All right. Well, the easiest way to get a hold of us is go to paratruthradio.com. Uh, you can go to the live chat there, especially while we're on air. Or you some- you- I just want to add. What's that? Oh. I love being on chat. That's oh, fun. Yeah. And uh, you can also go to the contact page and just fill out the little form there that will send us an email. Or you can email us at paratruthradio at gmail.com. Or you can go on to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. We are all over the place, guys. Whoa. That's a lot of horse. Yeah, I know. awesome. Yeah. All right, Eric. (laughs) Go nuts. Your project is so cool. I want people to All hear right. about it because yeah. I, I donated. So, <laughs> Well, uh, I know for a lot of my listeners, or our listeners, Justin, yeah. uh, that might be tuning in tonight. I've been gone from Paratruth Radio for about three weeks, I think, maybe yeah, I think three weeks, roughly. roughly. There, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been working on the core production of my film, The Revealed, and we actually just finished core production about two weeks ago, <clears throat> and I'm in the post-production phase, which is all the editing and color correction. It's probably the longest and most tedious of phases just because of all the small details that you have to get perfect if you want to really bring the film together and make it, you know, special in some way. But... To tell you a little bit about the story and what it's all about, The Revealed is about a young New York Times bestselling author named Abigail Franklin. Now, ever since she was a little girl, she wondered whether human beings were alone in the universe. And as any child, her imagination ran wild. So growing up, she would often have dreams of an unknown entity visiting her, even though there was no proof of such claims. This question and the events led her to start writing books on extraterrestrial life, but it wasn't until she was in her mid-twenties and deep into her career that she re-witnessed the horrific events of her childhood. Unsure of what precautions to take, she turns to her old friend Sammy Toll, who tells her of 
that what he believes she's witnessing is something much more sinister than a couple of dreams. And in fact, he believes that she's had an encounter with an evil race of spiritual beings from another dimension. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is like, this is a story that I actually originally wrote or starting to write as a full-length feature film, probably around 90 minutes or so. And it got to a point where just the information I was coming up with and the ideas weren't flowing. And it was just a lot of filler for to, to make a 90-minute long film. So I decided to just turn it into a short film, something that's just quick to the point. You get the gist of who this, these people are and you get the idea of what she's going through. And so here we are, you know, a, a couple of weeks out of uh, the core production and into post-production. And I've so far I've narrowed what I had was about 59 and a half minutes of footage that I was going to use. I, I had a lot more than that. I had probably around, oh, goodness, 70 plus hours of footage. And I narrowed it down to an hour. And then from that, over the past two weeks, I've cut it down to around 10 minutes. Oh 10 minutes, 31 God. seconds to be exact. I'm a woman. I could never do that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it sounds crazy. It sounds almost impossible to take an hour worth of footage and condense it to 10 minutes. But when you start piecing these, it, it's like a puzzle because you don't always shoot a film uh, in order. Like we might shoot scene one on day one and then day two, I'll shoot scene 10. Day three will be scene 20, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it'll be in all these jumbles and pieces at the end and you got to move around and piece them together and so on and so forth. And so I started cutting out shots and cutting out certain dialogue and this and that that just, in the end, seemed like it was just a run on. It was too much filler. It would have pushed people away. They would have would, lost interest. And so coming down to it, I'm at 10 minutes and 31 seconds right now. It'll probably get just a little bit shorter once I fine-tune it. And then I move into all the music, you know, getting all the sound effects, all the music set up. Uh, I'm going to be working with a film scorer. Uh, I'm going to be meeting with them probably not until after the new year, but I'll be talking with them, getting their input, getting their ideas. They'll be able to contribute to the film and really just bring everything together. Uh, and it, I plan on having a trailer out for everyone to see probably by Christmas. This, you know, this Christmas coming up, December 25th. And then the actual film will be fully completed around May 8th. And from there, I jet off into the film festival circuit and start putting it into the Cleveland Film Festival, the Lynchburg Film Festival, and start hopefully taking it to, uh, you know, different areas around, around the country, probably New York, California, North Carolina. Justin, just what are you going to do? <laughs> You're never going to see him. I'll see him. He wants to maybe get into the Scarefest Festival and maybe us get a booth there as well and advertise both. So, mm. oh, Yeah, you're going to have to work around that crazy schedule. It's like <laughs> being best friends with Steven Spielberg. I don't know how that works. No, I know how you feel, Eric, man. I'm there, dude. I'm there every week, every day, 24-7. And it's rough life, bro. Can people still contribute to your to your project or no? Um, I mean, if they want, they can. I don't have a Indiegogo up anymore. Uh, now, if anyone is interested in donating, I, I just kind of ask them to go to the uh, Paratruth email because that's the easiest way to contact me. Uh, I would give them my production company's email, but that's for business. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want everybody to have that email. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, 
So, <clears throat> but yeah, if you're I, interested in donating, I, I just take the money. <laughs> you take the money. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give it to Eric when I see him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm still, you know, I've got right now. I've got about a few hundred dollars left, and I'm probably going to need more than that because I still have to. Uh, pay my film scorer who's going to do all the music for me and the sound effects I still need to pay uh, the guy who's going to do some of the special effects for me I'm still going to have to pay for the uh, film festival circuits because you do have to pay to get into those and those range anywhere from as small as $25 upwards of $300 just to get into one of those Uh, yeah so and I think it's like $25 to submit it and that's not even guaranteeing you that you get in that's just like Hey, here's twenty five dollars and my film. Please consider me, <laughs> and that's it. But you know, it, it all every. That's the problem with film. Everything costs money. You don't yep. think it does, but it costs money and it costs a lot of money. So yeah, I'm definitely still taking in um, funds. If anyone's interested in donating, you can just email us or email me specifically if you'd like at uh, paratruthradio at gmail dot com. Just say you know this is for. Eric's film, or this is for the revealed, uh, and we'll know what you're talking about. And I can get in contact with you, and we could discuss it uh, via email. And yeah, so I'll have an account set up, and just go. We'll go that route. Awesome. Yeah. And then we'll put a trailer up on our website when you have that up too, if that would be okay with you. Well, I, I tell you, I, I want to do something now. I'm not a person of just talk. <laughs> I tell you what. I, here's what. No, I'm serious, guys. Now this this is big oh, stuff no. right here. I want to give 25 percent of today's proceeds towards Eric. <laughs> That's great since we're not funded. Oh, <laughs> could be a problem. <laughs> but it's since nice I gesture put, though, Scott. It's a nice gesture. Yeah. Well, what Scott doesn't know is I put money in a pot every time, so you guys are going to get money then. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, if anybody needs to get a hold of us, we have a new website, which I mentioned before, which is tsradio.com. So they can... Go on there and it's just up and running. So you don't have everything on there yet, but you can listen to our shows and chat while we're live. Soon we're going to have merchandise. It's so hard to talk when he's singing in my ear. (laughs) And of course we have our SWAT website, which is up for spiritual help and resources, which is EPH612SWAT.com. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at TSR Parapod. You can like us on Facebook where we put up links and info and episodes. And we'll have uh, Justin and Eric's and Paratruth Radio's information up there, too. And, of course, Gmail, G+, you know, all that fun stuff. You can follow us on Spreaker. Um, you'll get notifications when we broadcast live. You can follow us on Spreaker. So I always recommend that. But I want to thank you guys very, very much for helping us out and and uh, joining in on the convo mm-hmm. about Al. <laughs> it's always good to talk about Al. <laughs> you graced well, us with your PTR cool. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, well, until next time, brother. Just remember, you may have only listened to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that has been the show for this week. Uh, next week, we will be in the same room at the same time, Eric and myself. So that's going to be a show you don't want to miss. It's going to be shenanigans galore. So until next week, where you will find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. Have a good night, guys. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachutes Radio... 
and you would like to listen to it again, or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.